0: Welcome, everyone, to Horror Cafe. I'm Jackie. And I'm Erica. So this is
1: exciting, Mom. Today is episode one of Horror Cafe.
0: We're a mother-daughter tag team who love watching and talking horror movies.
1: We're taking horror movies and dissecting them one episode at a time. So why do we love horror movies?
0: Well, you know, ever since I can remember, I've had an affinity for horror movies. Back in prehistoric times, I had this tiny black and white TV. I would watch scary movies on until late into the night. I'd scour TV guide, another thing from the prehistoric era (laughs) and highlight movies that I wanted to watch on Fridays or Saturday nights. Now, mind you, this was at a time when you just had a handful of channels and there was no instant streaming can you believe that what no a instant, concept. right no <laughs> instant streaming so the exorcist was the first real hardcore movie that i ever saw i was shocked and it scared the living daylight out of me and i read the book yeah i know i was way too young but i've always been an avid reader of horror it's only natural that it made that it made its way into into the movies. So, Erica, how did I get you hooked into this genre?
1: Well, from what I remember, my love of horror started from a TV show, actually, that was on when I was a kid on Nickelodeon.
0: Oh, yeah, Nickelodeon.
1: I don't remember if you remember the show. Do, Are You I Afraid do. of the
0: Dark? Oh, my God, yes. And I when, actually
1: like that show.
0: It was a great show.
1: I wonder if any of you out there have ever seen it, too. It was... It was very well done for a 90s kids horror show. And there were some episodes that, you know, freaked me out and kept me up. Like there was one about a clown, a haunted camera, um, some creepy zombie thing in a pool. Many, many genres. And I remember loving it and being um, attracted to these episodes. And then what really did it was the sleepovers I had in Naples. Oh,
0: my God, that's right. You would go over there.
1: Right, with um, the cousins. Yeah. I remember it was, I don't know, I think we were way too young in retrospect to be watching these movies, but I remember our older cousin, she had the Blockbuster card, something else that doesn't exist.
0: (laughs) Blockbuster movie night, oh, yeah.
1: And she would let us go to the horror section, and we would pick out the scariest um, covers. And I remember Texas Chainsaw Massacre. so you
0: based? Your selection on cover art.
1: Yep. That's all we had back then. There was no Rotten Tomatoes, no IMBD, no reviews. It was just based on cover art. VHS (laughs) cover art. And um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the winner one night.
0: (laughs) Okay. You guys really (laughs) picked a good one to start off with
1: there. And that was it. I remember being horrified, but at the same time, it captured my attention. And one of the things that scared me about Texas Chainsaw was that weird camera sound at the beginning because they claimed it was a true story so it made it creepier Mm -hmm. do you remember?
0: yeah I do I do
1: so you know that was it I remember that being the beginning and me being the biggest chicken in the world (laughs) the adrenaline rush from these movies there's nothing like it and then came the horror books that you introduced me to which is no, no other than Stephen King
0: that's some parenting right there, isn't it? That's it. You know, I can't remember exactly how and what movie it was that got us together, you and I, to start watching them. Me either. You can't either. I, I can't I can't remember At all. But I do know that I basically gained a horror movie friend for life. Really. Oh yeah.
1: We don't miss a movie. No.
0: And all I know is that we get such a kick out of going to the movies or watching movies on instant watch or instant streaming, even the really bad ones.
1: Sometimes those are the best because we get a good laugh out of that,
0: don't we? <laughs> we do. No matter what, it's always good. Good or bad, it's always good. And and we talk it to death, and we laugh till our stomachs are literally in painful knots but it's all good and that's why we're here we offer a different perspective on movies we want to share what we think and we want to entertain you the audience so today we're talking the exorcist arguably the scariest movie of all times and my personal favorite horror movie
1: yeah you didn't let me watch this movie for years do you remember that
0: yeah, I do. I didn't think you were ready for this movie because in my mind it was horrifying and I kept thinking, this kid's not going to sleep at night. And then, yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was the right time for you to watch it.
1: So, do you remember her creepy face and vomiting and everything? And you would shield me from the commercial. You would, Erica, go into the bathroom! <laughs> Don't look
0: oh at the god. commercial! Oh my god, that's true. I would. I would be like, I knew it was coming on. It's like, go to the other room. Cover your ears. Close your eyes. Or whatever. Or if there wasn't enough time, it was just, cover your ears and close your eyes. I don't want you to hear this. And
1: and you would do it. Yeah. And I remember you and Dad always saying, how scary this movie is. It's terrifying. It's so scary. And, you know, he would always talk about a bathroom scene. And I'm like, Okay. Bathroom scene, something creepy must happen in the bathroom. And so the day came where you let me watch this. I think I was a teenager, mm-hmm. finally. And the whole time we're watching the movie, I'm mesmerized. I'm like, where's this bathroom scene that dad keeps talking about? <laughs> oh my God, I know where you're going with this. Oh, so no bathroom scene happened. <laughs> so, okay. Except when Chris is giving her a bath, but nothing happened. Right. <laughs> So then, finally, I approached Dad, and he and he's like, "No, it's that I was afraid to get up to go to the bathroom at night after watching that movie." Uh Haha! Now, in retrospect, that's pretty funny. It is pretty funny.
0: (laughs) I could just imagine you're sitting there, you're watching the bathroom scene with Chris and and Ray, and you're like, "What's so scary about this? Like,
1: what happened?" And um. But either way, the wait was worth it because that movie did not disappoint. I do think it is one of the, if not the best, horror movie ever. And it's unmatched, in my opinion, too. I,
0: I'm glad that you agree with me. <laughs> that's always a good thing. Um, but we're not always going to agree on certain things, just so that everyone knows that. But Oh, no. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> We disagree. We, we agree to disagree sometimes. Absolutely. So that's good. So
1: let's start with some movie facts. I love movie facts.
0: Yes, you do. You, you sometimes amaze me at the stuff that you come up with, and I know that's your forte. So I'm just going to go briefly over what the movie is about in case there's somebody out there who has not seen this movie. And I will say that we'll probably have spoilers in every single episode because we're talking horror. So what The Exorcist is about. Pretty basic simple plot. Twelve-year-old girl is possessed by a demon. Two priests come to exorcise the demon from her body. And it's all based around a lot of different little mini stories within the movie itself. The conflict between the priest, the mom's guilt over having recently been divorced, and it just snowballs from there. So the movie
1: was released on December 26, 1973. Now, that's a Christmas movie.
0: I'd say that's pretty darn ironic.
1: It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 86%.
0: That's it?
1: Should be higher.
0: I totally agree. I don't agree with Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I believe it's one of the rare occasions where a horror movie was nominated for Academy Awards. We know that they don't get many
0: nominations. Horror movies. And I think that's wrong. They Me need too. to get over it and start nominating some good horror movies out there. <laughs> but yeah, to to your point, I think this is the only movie that's ever been nominated for uh, 10, 10 Academy Awards, is it?
1: They got 10 nominations. The closest one was last year uh, with Get Out, but we digress. Yeah. Um, it did win two Academy Awards. One of them was the Best Adapted Screenplay by William Peter Blatty.
0: And I have to agree. This is one book that was done justice. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I read a book, then I see the movie, and I'm really disappointed. This one did not disappoint. If you've not read The Exorcist, you should.
1: The other award it won was for Best Sound Mixing, which I guess
0: it did good. (laughs) I would say the sound (laughs) in that movie is pretty darn good, especially... Well, we'll get into that a little bit later with some of our favorite parts, which include sound. True.
1: And lastly, it did win four Golden Globe Awards. They were for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Screenplay. Best Character in the Movie. This is a good subject. Yes, it is. Again, great set of characters to choose from. For a long time, Damien was my favorite, but when I watched it this time... Chris is my favorite now. Really? To the panicked mom. And I noticed it more this time than I ever have before because I kind of focused on Damien when I was younger and now I love it.
0: I think she's great. She was great. I, I have to agree with you. I'm almost wanting to change one of my characters, favorite characters, based on your view, but I'm not going to. Because then I'm no. going to steal your thunder. <laughs> no,
1: that's not the point.
0: No, I know, absolutely. <laughs>
1: I know who your favorite character is.
0: Yeah, you do. And it's Father Damien Karras. And I like him because he looks like a nice guy. Yeah. You can grab a
1: beer with him. Yeah,
0: you can go have a beer, back in the day have a smoke with him, hang out, shoot the breeze. and
1: He doesn't look judgmental.
0: No, he doesn't. And I think it's because he's, I believe, a psychiatrist in the movie or a psychologist. I don't remember which one it is. But that adds to it. And then you have the conflict that he's going through with his faith. He doesn't feel it anymore. He can't do it anymore. And he says it. And then he has his mom. She's in New York by herself. She's elderly. She's ill. And that scene where he goes to visit her, you really do see how much he loves her. But you also see the conflict that he's going through. You can see it. You know that he's conflicted about her being alone and he wants to put her somewhere where she isn't alone, but she is resisting it. All these emotions that Damien is experiencing are to me what make his character great and what's gonna propel him forward in the movie when he comes face to face with the demon.
1: So let's talk about our favorite scenes in the movie. There's many great scenes in this movie.
0: Absolutely, there are. It's kind of almost hard to narrow it down.
1: But there's one scene that impacts me every time I watch the movie, and that's when there's the dinner party at the house, at okay. Chris's house. Right. I love when Reagan comes down when they're playing the piano and she's standing there and they mm-hmm. don't realize it. And she says to the astronaut that you're going to die up there. And then peace.
0: Yeah, that is, that is kind of gruesomely creepy. It is. And their faces. Everybody's face—it's—it's it's sad and it's humiliating. And
1: what I like about the scene—it's very simple. There's nothing crazy about the scene, but it's her face. Mm-hmm. She's blank. Is Reagan's that what it is? face to me is just blank. She's just—she's not there anymore. Chris's face, and like you said, everybody's face is mortified. But I think Chris, like you said, is embarrassed. She's surprised and she's scared. Why is my daughter doing this? Why did she just literally pee herself in front of a group of people? Why is she saying that? Now, I know things have already been happening in the movie with the testing and, you know, her changing in personality, but I personally think this is the true beginning of her possession with Captain Howdy.
0: Do you think this is a catalyst? Into I think the, so. Into the demon manifesting itself as the demon and everything else is out the door?
1: I think so. That's why I think that scene is so impactful because, from then on, everything just goes downhill for her.
0: And in in the possession sense, they focus down on on her on her feet, and you and you see the urine, and it's just scary. It's terrifying. It's so simple, but it's terrifying. You realize that Reagan is gone. She's
1: she's out. Captain Howdy's in full time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely,
0: he's in the house. Captain Howdy's in the house for sure. For me, the scene that has always impacted me is the part where Damien is listening to the recordings, hearing, I am no one. It still stands the hairs up on the back of my neck. It shows all the chaos that Reagan is going through internally. This is what Possession sounds like.
1: Oh, I've never really paid attention to that clip.
0: Let's go listen to it. All right, let's go listen to it. Be right back. That's fucked up. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, I had to use that word, right? But it works. It works. Yeah. So
1: listening to that clip, yeah, that's, it's a lot of chaos. It's scary as hell. (laughs) There's (laughs) no other word. And just listening to it while not watching the movie, you can hear other things going on. It says, give us time. And it's warm in the body.
0: Yeah, it's warm in the body.
1: How many times have we seen this movie?
0: I countless. Don't know. I don't know. but
1: We've never heard that.
0: No, but that's awesome. Isolating the movie and just having the audio. Yeah. Wow, what a focus. From a visual perspective, the scene where Damien walks in to Reagan's room and he sees his mom on the bed. I don't know why that particular scene has always scared me.
1: It's the way she looks.
0: Yes. It's how she looks. It it took me years to look at it straight on. Like I do the, you know, that thing that we always do when we don't want to see something looking through our fingers. fingers. (laughs) Or maybe looking at it sideways. It took me years to look at it straight on. Although, I have to say this last time that we saw the movie, I felt like that particular scene was shorter. And not that it wasn't as impactful. It just seemed different to me.
1: Me too. I always thought that scene was longer.
0: Yeah, I thought she spoke too. I could have sworn she had spoken, or maybe it's just convoluted in her head by the time we saw it this time around. But I also thought she was wrapped up in sheets for some reason. Well, she's she's kind of wrapped up like yeah, a straight jacket. with like, a straight jacket, but looks like I, it. I guess that's what ha- that's what happens when you don't look at something straight on. Your yeah. mind adds to that scene, but it still is impactful creepy. to me it's creepy it gave you, me chills yeah you you don't expect that and all of a sudden there she is and then it goes back to yeah that fun character the demon reagan <laughs> reagan <laughs> so we've got this 12 year old kid playing with the ouija board so sure have mom, done that yeah oh <laughs> We've got to cover the rules eventually. I think that's one of the rules, too. It should be. Anyway, Ouija board. We'll get to that in a little bit. So we've got this 12-year-old girl playing in the basement, of all places, of course, with a Ouija board while her mom is off filming the end of a movie. Her mom is an actress, recently divorced, and there's a lot of um, issues going on, I guess, with that separation, and it's affecting the mom, and clearly it's affecting the kid because she needs to play with a Ouija board.
1: I will say the basement wasn't creepy.
0: That's true. It wasn't. It was actually nice, bright, had little artwork. I wonder if that, that was
1: kind of. on purpose.
0: Probably because <laughs> it's got it's kinda of setting you up for the oh it's not so bad down here, except for, you know, the Ouija board and some weird dude called Captain Howdy. Her room was creepier. Yeah, her room was kind of creepy. Mm. A little bit too adult for a child. <laughs> you know? It's kind of creepy. You you had imaginary friends, but not on this level of kind of weird creepiness with a Ouija board or Ouija board. Reagan was going through the separation of her parents, but...
1: I think most only children have imaginary friends, and that's probably her
0: case. That's true. She is an only child.
1: Um, That's how you deal with things, but this is a whole level (laughs) of creepy a whole different level of imaginary friends and I definitely don't think he was imaginary. I think Captain Howdy is obviously deceiving her and preying on her because she's weak from being lonely, you know, Chris is an actress so they're constantly moving from what you can tell, the divorce, um, there's no religion involved because Chris says it at uh, some other point that they're not religious. so. This is her seeking friendship in, in someone. And you can tell that she thinks this is a mutual friendliness. Yeah. Because the way she talks about him, hey, Captain, howdy.
0: That's true. It, it It's almost like he's creating or fostering a nurturing relationship. And like you, like you just said, it's like, oh, Captain, howdy. The way she tones her voice towards him it's like she really cares for him and she thinks that this is a good friend but it's not it's not it's definitely not a good friend
1: but even even how she introduces Captain Howdy to Chris is oh come and talk to my friend Captain Howdy like very innocent like if you met at a schoolyard
0: yeah and that just shows you how innocent she as a child is she's got that break from reality but in her mind it's real well it was real well
1: yeah it is real it is real i definitely think he's like i said he's using her because she's a weak individual at the moment and i think the possession starts as early as her questioning chris about if she likes that director
0: oh burke yeah
1: you know i understand that kids are perceptive but I think her asking those questions, if he likes, if she likes him, if they're going to get married, things like that, I think that's Captain Howdy already.
0: Yeah, the toning of those questions were a little bit more than what a 12-year-old, but let me make that clear, a 12-year-old back in those days, maybe a 12-year-old nowadays would be different, but a 12-year-old back in those days probably wouldn't be asking questions in the in the way she asked them and the nature of those questions it was almost implying that there was more than just a friendship and maybe even a physical friendship I got that from that scene it 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 felt wrong
1: yeah I definitely think even in that scene Captain Howdy's already there
0: oh yeah Uh, Captain Howdy is definitely there in that scene so moving on from Captain Howdy the film then progresses to Reagan changing little by little and now her mom starts taking her to a doctor to go find out what's wrong with her. I've got to talk about this. The spider scene. What about it? I don't think it was necessary. Why? It did nothing for the movie. What did it really do? Except have her crawl backwards, which by the way was actually done in 1973. It's not that it was done in 2000 when it was released and added in it really was done but I just felt it was out of place it just didn't it didn't feel like it fit in
1: I actually don't mind the scene that much what I like about it is the the footsteps because it's cool when I think it's Chris and the babysitter or whatever
0: she is Sharon she's yeah. Is she a babysitter? Yeah, she's a babysitter. She's 12 years old. The other one's 12 years
1: old, but yeah, she's the babysitter of a 12-year-old. So they're talking, and then all of a sudden you hear the footsteps. And it's her coming down, and I don't know, I find the footsteps eerie. And while I think it's, eh, it could not be in the movie, it could be in the movie, I really don't, it doesn't bother me either way, not not as much as you
0: I just felt it wasn't necessary. It did nothing for the plot. It was like they added it in to add in a couple of extra minutes to say, look, you've never seen this before. Big deal.
1: I think it was for scare effect, and I also think it's to show how much Reagan has
0: changed. Yeah, she's an acrobat now.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean in the sense... She enjoys
0: Cirque du Soleil.
1: That's great. There she can go. be in the Vegas residency now. But <laughs> <There> you go.
0: <laughs> but well, that, that, that's how I feel about that scene. I just thought it was completely unnecessary.
1: I think it's showing off more of the power of the, the demon that's in her body now. Because now she can do that.
0: I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree. That's
1: fine. That's the point. <laughs> that is the point. <laughs> I think it has some scare factor not that much that some people do think this this is like the scariest part of the movie or that it's such a scary scene and I don't think so I do think the steps I don't know I like sounds when it comes to movies and hearing that super fast stepping is is
0: eerie and I I guess that's why they called it the spider the spider scene or spider walk scene because if you close your eyes and you're not watching it I suppose it does sound kind of creepy Um, But aside from that, it just, uh, again, I guess we're going to agree to disagree. No problem. No problem. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah.
1: Before we get into the possession scenes, I have to point out an excellent scene in the movie. It's very small. It's when Father Marin gets to the house and he steps out of the car. He's in front of the house. You know, the Mm -hmm. iconic poster that you're used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. The fog. It's amazing. His silhouette. You know the badass has arrived
0: <laughs> at the house. <laughs> the, he big, is. The big guns have arrived. And you're right. Yeah, yeah. he is. There's mm-hmm.
1: something very mystical about that scene. It's all the lighting. It's so well, well put together.
0: So you like the art. Yes, the art. <laughs> the art of that scene. You like that. I do. No, that that is a, a, clearly a classic moment within the movie that made its way to being the iconic poster and I can understand you feel that power that he brings with him Mm -hmm. um, Or the power of Christ. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah (laughs) But that is that is a that is a classic and I have to I will agree with you on this one. Excellent That is a good one. Now we can get
1: into the nitty-gritty
0: the nitty-gritty. Oh boy All right, so we're going into the exorcism The priest, Father Marin and Father Karras are getting ready, and they walk in, and there she is, and good Lord, does she look horrible.
1: Fun fact.
0: Yeah?
1: Tell me, tell me. They built the set, excuse me, in a freezer.
0: Oh. I'm serious. So
1: that... That breath you see when they're breathing, and it's very, very cold. It really is cold. It really is cold. The You know, the casting crew, obviously, or more the crew, had to wear winter gear, and the actors were freezing.
0: So they were shit out of luck. Yeah. Basically. So, fun fact. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that whole feeling of it being icy cold in there, you see her face really for the first time completely distorted from what it was. Um, this cute little twelve-year-old kid is now this green-eyed monster that's tied up in a bed and is spewing a ton of profanity at both of these priests. That you're like, you've got a potty mouth, little girl, <laughs> or in this in this case, little devil. Um, but I still think that this whole exorcism scene is fascinating. No other movie can come close to reproducing it and not be accused of copying.
1: It is a very scary exorcism scene.
0: It is. It is. And when they're together, um, the priest and they're reciting the rites of exorcism, I think that's what it's called. It's bone chilling. When you actually listen to the words of what they're saying and the effects that it has on her, it's scary. And it stays, for me, It when I first watched it way back then, it stayed in the back of my mind.
1: Something that's famous from the exorcism oh. scenes or just the possessions in general with her is the vomit.
0: Yep, the vomit.
1: It is pea soup. I think most people know that by
0: now. Yeah, they do. I think they do.
1: But they also apparently added oatmeal to give that more ugh, textured effect. <laughs> that is... We are literally cringing. I know.
0: I think about it. it. It is it is gross.
1: And apparently Jason Miller, who is the actor who played um Father Karras, his reaction where he's disgusted in a scene is authentic. Because <laughs> the director had told him something different was going to happen and something... And the complete opposite happened to the actor, and that's a true face of
0: disgust. disgust.
1: So, hey, we got some authenticity.
0: Authenticity. All right, so this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie and you're just listening to hear about it, this is the time for you to turn the volume down. One scene that actually angered me during the exorcism is when Damien Karras comes back into the room and he finds that. Um, Father Marin is dead and the Reagan demon is sitting in that corner all curled up and she's kind of snickering and laughing. I wanted to throttle the life out of her.
1: It was almost childlike like if oh I stole a candy from you haha I'm laughing at you from the corner. It was very childish and but very evil.
0: Yeah it was a mix of innocence and evil together and it that scene really bothers me, maybe because Father Marin is my second favorite character, but it's her the look on her face. And obviously what happens after that is that Damien literally throttles and beats the shit out of her and takes the demon on head to head. And we all as some of us already know, he jumps out the window to save the little girl's life that particular scene to me always just um it makes me so angry
1: yeah it's chilling it makes you mad it was well done again (laughs) so many things are well done in this movie yeah
0: this this movie (laughs) when you start dissecting it as we're doing it now yeah one episode at a time every movie um you really see how well done how well written and scripted the whole movie is and the actors are phenomenal and we do have to acknowledge that linda blair did an amazing job for a young child doing this role i i can't possibly imagine this
1: i can't imagine sitting there getting that makeup done and and seeing it because usually um celebrities are getting their makeup done in front of a mirror how do you react to that i know i would have been i wouldn't sleep yeah for a year
0: I think, didn't you tell me that there was something that you read somewhere that um, she, they had a doll that looked just like her, I think for the head spinning scene. Yeah. And she was terrified of the doll itself, of her own self. I thought you had told me that. Or maybe I read it. I don't know. You're the fun fact girl. It's probably from you. (laughs) But yeah, could you, I I can't imagine being that, that age. Yeah, and in that era too, back back in seventy three, doing this incredibly horrifying movie and seeing this every day, and another great makeup effect there also was Marin.
1: Yeah, nobody knows. I don't think many people realize that he's not that old.
0: Yeah, when <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I know you. I think I, that was my fun fact to you at one point. Um, he was only forty four years old, and they did some insanely awesome makeup on this man.
1: So his routine was four hours. Four hours of makeup? Four hours of makeup, and apparently he ended up wearing more makeup than her.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Go figure. I could see that,
0: yeah. Everything in this movie is fantastic. Um, It's a great
1: formula for a possession-slash-demon movie.
0: Yeah. It set the bar. It did, and I don't think a lot of movies, if any, have really... There have been good ones because we've seen some good ones, but they just can't reach this level because I think it would be copying. How do you not copy this because it's the perfect formula?
1: It is. Like any horror movie, It all be, it is a formula. It's just how you execute it, how the actors are, yeah. the story behind it, how believable you make it, mm-hmm. I think is what makes it a set apart from other movies. I will say... And I think you noticed it this time. The possession scene seemed
0: so much shorter yeah, than when I was younger. It did. You too? Yes, it hmm. did seem much, much shorter. It felt like it was only a day of exorcism and bam, it was done.
1: Yeah, a day, not even a few hours. A
0: few hours of exorcism and the dude was out of there.
1: So then you really have to appreciate the movie as a whole because I was noticing the timestamp and the possession scene I believe, was half an hour. So that means an hour and a half is building up to that point of the movie.
0: Well, there's a lot going on. You've got the slow changing of Reagan. Uh, all the, All the tests. Chris trying Damien. to get answers. The conflict that Damien is having with his own faith and believing in his religion or in God anymore. And I will say, I think that Damien found God. In the exorcism. the exorcism. Yes. Yeah. He, fi- he he finally faced his reality, and that is that he regained his faith. Unfortunately, he then jumped out a window and killed himself. But he did so to save a soul. Right.
1: Maybe he saved himself, too.
0: Maybe. That could he could have. That's true. Ooh, mm. that's so prophetic of you. Oh, I see that. <laughs> that was good. That was good. So, there you go. That's movie talk. Now, let's talk about a couple of other things, and then we're going to wrap up. Okay, so what do you think? Does this movie still hold up to the test of time?
1: Yes, this movie holds up to the test of time. With these movies that are from the 70s, 80s, anything that's not today, I always try to put myself in the mindset of people from 1973. This must have been, what the fuck am I watching? What is this? <laughs> this is mind-blowing. Apparently movie theaters had to have barf bags in the theater. Because I do, people I do, were reacting that
0: re- harshly and physically to this movie. I do remember that from back then, uh, movies providing barf bags. I remember the uproar of like the crucifix scene which we didn't really talk about maybe we'll do that another time but um and people's just freaking out over the whole you know demon and the religion and the priest that it was it was intense
1: so i i do think it holds up i'm sure people can argue the makeup that she doesn't look real but again, I always put myself in that mindset and I, the subject matter is still a scary thing because you can, again, put that formula now and in, a possession movie is a possession movie and it's scary because that subject matter is intense. I think The Exorcist is the best one at it and I think it holds up and it will always help hold up to me. This should not be remade. Just saying, it should not be remade. What do you think?
0: hell no, there is no remake for this movie. I can't see it being remade. No way. Mm -mm. Does it hold up? Yes, it does. It absolutely does. The subject matter itself is, I think, something that touches everyone. Whether or not you have faith, whether you follow religion or not, it's always a touchy subject. And while I get that maybe the makeup isn't at par with today's makeup, I still think it's damn creepy. It it's enough to tickle the back of your brain. And let's face it, that's where horror movies, re- where a horror movie really lives. It's there, dormant. It's waiting for that one moment when the lights flicker, and they go out.
1: And you're like, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> your gray matter pops an image into the back of your mind. And you want those lights, every single light on in the house. And the exorcist still delivers that little bit of a scare. Well, a lot of bit of a scare. Even last week when we watched it to get ready for this podcast, after you laughed and all that, it... It played a little bit in my mind, and and my particular scene with the recordings still played in the back of my mind. So even some 40-some years later, it it still does what it needs to do. So, yes, it holds up to the test of time.
1: For a fun award, we're doing a Scream Award.
0: A Scream Award.
1: So I thought this would be fun. Okay. And there are certain horror movies as you well know, that I scream a lot in because, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm the world's biggest chicken that loves horror movies, and nothing beats a good scream. But not every horror movie has it. So for The Exorcist, I give it eh, a one, but it doesn't mean the movie is not scary. It just doesn't have that Ah! moment like other horror movies where you're screaming half the time, and it's probably not a scary movie. Does
0: that make sense? It does make sense, you know. Yeah, and and you're right. It it isn't a, it, it can't have a scream award. It's got a shock. If we had a shock award, then yeah,
1: then we, then we would have endless awards.
0: Yeah, I know. We'd never end the show, <laughs> and then people would be like, "What the hell?" Anyway, but yeah, I I can see that. So scream award is one. Yeah, for me, it's a one. Okay, that's great. All right, so we have seven basic rules. Of horror movies if you were in a horror movie and we've determined that two of the rules were broken let's go over all seven rules
1: number one don't say hello or who's there cuz I mean really do you want the boogeyman or whoever it is to be like hey I'm right here
0: or to know where you are and why are you being so engaging I I mean come on come on man (laughs)
1: rule number two for god's sake turn on the light
0: oh god yeah all these people that walk into pitch black dark rooms when there's a perfectly good light switch right there turn the damn lights on people turn them on
1: rule number three and this is one that if a horror movie happened in my life this is number one to me don't split up Don't split up. Why do you split up? Let's split up, guys. Why don't we go look over here and over there? No. (laughs) These people obviously don't watch horror movies. People need to watch horror movies.
0: I know. But, (laughs) I mean, come on. Some common sense. If some shit's going down and it's not good, why are you going to go and split up? Stay together. There's power in numbers. Correct. I, I don't know. Seems logical to me, but I guess all logic goes out the window.
1: Rule number four, don't go upstairs or to the basement.
0: Yeah, the attic, the basement, you hear a noise upstairs. Why are you going to go listen or go see it? Sorry, not listen.
1: We don't oh. need to investigate. Just run.
0: Run the other way. Go out the front door. Call for help. Right. <laughs> Leave the house. Run and then, for your life. And then call for help.
1: <laughs> Rule number five, why are you going in there? If it says do not enter, keep out. It's super dark. Why are you going in there? Yeah. If it looks, You're asking for it. If
0: it looks scary.
1: Why go in there? If you... Yeah. House is haunted. No. Run the other way.
0: Why would you go in there? Why?
1: A creepy ass looking gas station? Why?
0: Why get down?
1: I don't know. I know if I need gas. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going in the mart though. I'm not going in that quickie mart.
0: <laughs> not going in there, huh?
1: Okay. Rule number six. Make sure the bad guy is dead. Oh, my. Chop his head off. Make sure he's
0: dead. Why yeah. do they
1: always walk away?
0: I, and you know they always grab their ankles. Always. It's so... St- come on. I mean, what? Are you trying to be nice? You don't want to have a guilty conscience? What is it? Bash the fucking brains in. Just bash them in. Bash them. <gasps> foreshadowing.
1: Are we foreshadowing? We're foreshadowing. Oh, We are. <laughs> Rule number seven, another very important one that I have applied to my daily life. Do not play with a Ouija board, people.
0: Ever, it's not a good idea. You're just inviting whatever stuff is out there in. And then you can get rid of it. If you have any doubts, ask Reagan. Yeah, Captain Howdy, not really a good friend.
1: The two rules that were broken in The Exorcist mom
0: don't split up and what did um the two priests do they They split split up up. yeah they split up not smart
1: father Marin died and and then, so did damien yeah then he died yeah not smart and reagan broke the big rule of don't play with a ouija board right no matter how lonely don't play with a ouija board yeah
0: doesn't matter if you're an only kid don't do it. Just don't. They're not friendly. Doesn't matter what they say. They're not your friends.
1: <laughs> These are our horror movie rules that we will apply to every episode. We'll see who broke the rules
0: or who abided by the rules. What do you think about this I, I, segment? I think it's great. We get but a I'm laugh gonna, out of it. We do get a laugh out of it. But honestly, there isn't going to be any movie where a rule isn't broken. That's true. Then
1: They're we wouldn't all- have a horror movie.
0: exactly so there you go our seven rules don't break them yeah don't just don't do it thank you all so much for joining us for our very first podcast and our very first episode on the exorcist i'm jackie i'm erica and And this this is is horror Cafe. cafe
1: and if you want to stick around for a few extra laughs you can stay tuned for some bloopers if not see you next time
0: Welcome, folks, to (laughs) horror... These are all bloopers that we gotta keep, okay? Alright. Welcome, folks. I'm Jackie. No, that doesn't (laughs) sound right. Welcome to Horror Cafe. I'm Jackie.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Erica. No. Oh, I've never noticed any... (laughs)